The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on the talking point and I want to go straight into our thinking point and it's really focusing on uh, the group Kopanang Africa that uh, was scheduled to hold a march today uh, in protest against the anti-xenophobia sentiment that they're seeing in against this xenophobic sentiment, rather, uh, that they're seeing in the country. Uh, Juleka Latib is the spokesperson for Kopanang Africa. She joins us on the line. Uh, Juleka, good morning to you, and thank you so much for your time. Um, uh, yes, good morning to the listeners. Um, I'm very happy to be on your program today. Um, it is a commemoration of Shafal Day. And um, I'm supposed to be at Sharpville today, but unfortunately, because I'm not so well to go, but unfortunately, we, we decided actually, because we were not the march cancelled, so we were supposed to go to Sharpville. Because actually, today is a significant day of the effort of people that have died. Um, the human, it's a human rights day as well. As we have, um, Tell us about why your march was cancelled. Um... <laughs> You know, on the 16th of March, 2022, we were called at the JPC, I mean, the JPC, the JMPT, and they asked us to come and bring, I mean, uh, come and meet them and so that we can speak about um, about the meeting. The, the problem is that initially um, there was a cancellation then. From the JNPD, we were supposed to go on the 9th of March. The cancellation was done almost the very same day, and we were ready to go. But unfortunately, we were told, no, we can't come. So they they left for another week, meaning that the time was dragging, and and we didn't know what we were going to be expecting. What we were were actually... uh, uh, not very happy about was the invoice that was sent on my email address for an amount of 10000 and over. So we tried to contest it. We took a, one of our R2 uh, right-to-know um, protester to the, the lawyer to the meeting so that she could help us on that side. But unfortunately, on the very same day, they did not speak about the invoice. That was absolutely not even spoken about. The, the main thing that they wanted to know was um, about the march. And then they spoke about the fake poster, which we did on the very same day when we found out we, as Copenhagen, we reached out on the social media to say that that is not the right poster and we even showed what was the right post and what one was not. But to the JNPD, they were not convinced. They said to us that we must do a media statement again. And the more we tried to tell them that we were in the right, they felt we were in the wrong. Because to them, they felt that what would happen if there was... um, uh, like I'm saying, the, the fake poster that was sent onto the media, what if those people were there also? And they would be um, 
causing mayhem against, like they say, the foreigners. So what must we do as the police? How are we going to be able to to sort out that problem? Because people will get hurt. It will be exactly like he stated. It would be like the Marikana massacre. And anyway, there were so many things that was said on that particular day. I was not very well at that moment. I had a very bad flu. But on hearing on what they were trying to say, that maybe we should move the march to another venue or to another day. And we all know that so much effort has been put in the mobilizing, giving out pamphlets and making sure that we get this march going. So our hopes were actually, you know, we were turned away and we didn't know what to do. So they reconvened another meeting, which was the next day, the 17th. They said they were going to speak to the upper people and then they will get back to us. So we left it at that. The next day we went, they came with the said news, sorry, but we're rejecting the march because we have decided it's not going to happen. So, meaning that they showed us even a clip of um, the guy by the name of Mkanta Lux, that what he was saying to the police and how intimidated they seem to have been because they said to us that this is what has been going on on the social media. Meaning that they were more worried about this kind of abuse of the media instead of standing rightfully to the people which is we were all like we are South Africans and and non South Africans to go for this march and the march was actually going to help the JNPD to bring more peace in our areas we were told no we can't come. So they they left for another week, meaning that the time was dragging and, 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 and we didn't know what we were gonna be expecting. What we were, what we were actually uh, not very happy about was the invoice that was sent on my email address for an amount of ten thousand and over. So we tried to contest that. We took a, one of our R2 uh, right to know um, protester to the the lawyer to the meeting so that she could help us on that side. But unfortunately, on the very same day, they did not speak about the invoice. That was absolutely not even spoken about. The, the main thing that they wanted to know was um, about the march. And then they spoke about the fake poster, which we did on the very same day when we found out, we, as Kopenang, we reached out on the social media to say that that is not the right poster and we even showed what was the right person, what one was not. But to the JNPD, they were not convinced. They said to us that we must do a media statement again. And the more we tried to tell them that we were in the right, they felt we were in the wrong. Because to them, they felt that what would happen if there was... um, uh, like I'm saying, the, the fake poster that was sent onto the media, what if those people were there also? And they would be um, 
causing mayhem against, like they say, the foreigners. So what must we do as the police? How are we going to be able to to sort out that problem? Because people will get hurt. It will be exactly like he stated. It would be like the Marikana massacre. And anyway, there were so many things that were said on that particular day. I was not very well at that moment. I had a very bad flu. But on hearing on what they were trying to say, that maybe we should move the march to another venue or to another day. And we all know that so much effort has been put in the mobilizing, giving out pamphlets and making sure that we get this march going. So our hopes were actually, you know, we were turned away and we didn't know what to do. So they reconvened another meeting, which was the next day, the 17th. They said they were going to speak to the upper people and then they will get back to us. So we left it at that. The next day we went, they came with the sad news, sorry, but we're rejecting the march because we have decided it's not going to happen. So meaning that they showed us even a clip of um, the guy by the name of Implanta Lux, that what he was saying to the police and how intimidated they seem to have been because they said to us that this is what has been going on on the social media, meaning that they were more worried about this kind of abuse of the media instead of standing rightfully to the people, which is we were all, like we are South Africans and, and non-South Africans, to go for this march. And the march was actually going to help the JMPD to bring more peace in our areas, in our communities, and, and, and tell the people that, there's no such a thing as xenophobia. We want Africa, we want nation, and we should not be hurting each other because we come from, we come through a, a long way in life. And today is a significant day. That's why we decided to use this day because it will tell so much of the history that has happened. And the way they left us, they didn't even give us a chance to even you know, say anything. They just rejected us. Then our legal aid lawyer said, please get a, a certain uh, denial letter from the police. So I waited and waited and waited. I will tell you that policemen took, the JMPD official took about almost one and a half hours to actually give me a letter. And I so, kept on yeah. going to find out why was the delayment. But it looked like they knew that maybe if we go to the court or try and protest it, we, will, we won't be having enough time. As you can see, it was the 17th already. So, so yeah. you, you know, Juleka, then what do you think the, the motive for the officials in declining this march was? Uh, definitely that um, I, I don't know what, is, what were they speaking around behind closed doors because we never sit there those meetings. Those meetings are their meetings. What they've decided, and they even said it the previous day, which was the 16th, that you can see that they were not interested of us, you know, even considering the march. Our hopes were hopeless. We actually felt it because they were speaking more about um, 
protection and how will they be able to do it. And then they even spoke about, like, for instance, uh, Hilda Police Station official was there as well. And uh, he said, no, he can't do it. They can't do it. Uh, they need more backup and so on. So I think they did not want to do um, deal with it. The best mm-hmm. thing was to do was just to get rid of us and let us just leave it like mm-hmm. that. You, I want to reflect on something, you know, one of our callers has said this morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he basically feels that there has been more voices speaking out against the violence that has been associated and, you know, coming out of the socioeconomic issues that we are facing, then there have been voices that seem to genuinely appreciate the plight of South Africans in informal settlements, in townships, that feel that they are being put in a position where they are unable to function, unable to set up businesses because of um, the influx of these shops that are owned by foreign nationals. And of course, you know, there's lots of research that has been done to show why it is some of these shops are more competitive than perhaps South African-owned shops, etc. And I wonder what 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 you make of a sentiment like that. Um, really, I, as, a, as a, um, a leader of the informal traders, I don't have any problem of anybody making business. Everybody has a everybody has a right. And um I just want to go back to twenty fifteen mm-hmm. when the spaza shops in surrounding areas of Soweto were there was a problem between um uh, uh, South Africans and the foreign nationals that were own that owned spaza shops in um Soweto. They said that they mustn't open up the shops or otherwise they will they will loot or actually looting was going on and or burning of the shops of the sponsor shops. But if we go back to that time, I still remember that the sponsor shops were all closed because people were scared, especially the the, the migrants to open up. So what happened? It was a dark time in Soweto at that time because nobody could buy, uh, they, like uh, I'm speaking about the older people, they could not purchase the, um, the goods, like for instance, basic necessities like bread and milk and because they had to take a taxi or maybe they have to go to a, a supermarket, which cost a lot of money. Even at that time, the costing of transportation was a cost of fee. So meaning that they wanted those people to open up again so that they could continue with their businesses. So, so, so you know what? It's, it, it's, not, it's not entirely the one-sided issue. It could also become an economic issue that where there's a crisis where people cannot get their goods, where they can't buy. And you must remember, um, the, the sponsor shop has been going on for a very long time. They have been the uh, economic uh, uh, economic economic hub in the township area and business has been going on. So instead of people going to the supermarkets because it costs more money, they instead would buy from the sponsor shops. So the sponsor shop kept growing because there was a need for a business. So I think what really needs to be done here is I think we need to work more towards bettering that you know the, the economy amongst 
our local people. Maybe we should even see and replicate of what they do. It could be like an interlink. Maybe we should work together instead of working against each other. Because I think if we have a problem sometimes, you know, not knowing how do I do this, how do I do I think we need to, like, you know, work together, really, honestly speaking, because I think we should be not one-sided about this. I think we could grow enormously, and our country could go better if we interlink, in, even inter-trading, working through, through borders, like, for instance, trading in and trading out, in importing and exporting, working with our migrant people, mm. going into a bigger business thing, instead of us, uh, you know, holding on to something that we know is not going to be a reality. Let us work together. Let's have right. cohesion. Jileka Latib, let me thank you for your time. She's the spokesperson for Kopanang African, as you heard there. They, of course, have now not been able to hold that march, and they effectively believe that the police did not want to deal, um, at least not directly, with the threats to interrupt their protest. And so they felt it would be easier for them to not be uh, given the right to hold that march. Okay, let me go over to Egruleni. David, good morning good morning how are you Katie? i'm well thank you david all right mm. uh, <clears throat> there was a caller earlier concerning the, the issue of uh, uh the xenophobia issues yes uh the one who was with you earlier on so and then you asked what should they do what should south africans do to to be listened to or and then you asked that what can you do? What does he want to be done to see things to be right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, to, to also add, I would say, because I heard him and I hear a lot of South Africans, their complaints. For me, I would say, as uh, radio representatives or media representatives as journalists, on the radio. At least, don't ask a South African who's complaining. Don't ask him, how do you know it's a foreigner? Because each time such a question comes on a different platform, different radio station, you'll hear a journalist saying or a presenter say, how do you know? How do you know it's a a foreigner? As if it's not People don't know each other as, as if you don't know each other because you, 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 you got years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. When, sometimes when you grow up, you grow up, there are foreigners in your country. You know them. They, you are friendly to them. They are friendly to you. And the complaint currently is about the number, the sheer number of now, it's business, imagine, it's businesses that have been gained somehow illegally so or for lack of a better way to say the the initiation of those businesses. It was not a legal thing. It just started. And then to a point whereby if you are a South African, you don't have a space anywhere. The whole city is full of uh, 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 your cousins from another country. The The whole street the whole city, all the cities, all the metros, all the 
measure it is in South Africa. What do you call it? What what should they say? So for me to to assist, I would say at least don't 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 be high. Don't don't get angry as a journalist or as a, and say how do you know? How do you know? Because what you are doing, you are fueling this anger. You see, and then at the end, and then I could say as well as um, with the the. The, 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 your previous guest who was just here now. They call themselves Kopana, but they are Kopaning against who? Because there are people who are complaining already. Why don't they Kopana with them? Why why don't, don't they join them? And then maybe try and alleviate things from there, person to person, before authority is, if it's possible. But now they, are, they want to, to come together Against who? Against South Africans. Will it survive? Will, will, what will that Because they are going to lose in time. If they call themselves Kobanang against those who started first and said, guys, let us come together, let us try. If you saw in Alex, after that fracas, then the police did their job. I had someone call saying, the street is clean now, people are walking freely now, people are, are arranged correctly in a better way. Okay. So, yeah, that's my contribution. Thank All right, you, David. Kate. All right, let's leave it there. David out in Egruleni. Madwaha in East London. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Look, man, I want to talk about two things only. One, I need to applaud how you are handling callers. As a black woman, and I must emphasize as a black woman. This I'm emphasizing because my assessment generally has been that males, in particular white males, tend to be very bossy and intolerant when us as callers, we raise issues that they disagree with. So I want to approach you and say continue and not summarize us biasly and not shut us down, abruptly cut us off. Thank you for that. That's the first point. The second is Yes, I'm listening to you. Thank you for that. The second point has to do with the naming of the Langa Shapil Day or Shapil Langa Day into Human Rights Day. I think I, for one, I would I would really be happy if the day could be called Shapil Langa Day in order to ensure that we accommodate the entirety of those violent events that were done on us as black people by the poor regime. Mm-hmm. There are events that would have taken place in Tinaha on this day. There are events that would have taken place in Langa, Cape Town, as well as that worldwide publicized atro- atrocious event in Shabbat. But however, you know, they said that the day is called Human Rights Day by government. Does I'm not sure they wanted to do this, but it does propelling it does spark a debate around the living conditions of the people on the ground, the masses, the black masses, mm. as well as the workers. The fact that the day is called Human Rights Day. And I, I don't think government with it that way. It's one of those that would have happened unwittingly, you know. <clears throat> Look, ma'am, Human Rights Day, an application of Kopanong, and application is cancelled or denied, for me, where I'm sitting, this is a sign of a dictatorship. One, I think Kopanong must be assisted. 
such a protest are not applied for you don't apply by law you notify a relevant official you notify subs you, you just notify but of course we need, need to give them a, a appropriate uh, notice period such that there could be some meeting held to see as to how well organized you are however it is not something that you apply for there's a court judgment on this and this useless government was even penalized and had to pay Look there in Cape Town, what did happen? Uh, social justice collision individuals, activists were un- unfairly arrested and detained. Government had to pay mm, on this mm, issue as well. Mm. The last point that I want to raise is the mom. There's to do with, um, you see, there's um, the constitution, the Bill of Rights. And from there, there's what is called the LRA. And from there, this is the point I'm getting to, there's what is called collective bargaining as an instrument of union to agree and negotiate with employers on what could be the terms and conditions of employment of, of workers. And it's from the Bill of Rights. The roots are in the Bill of Rights. When government undermines collective bargaining, whether through municipality or government at the national level, level they are actually promoting disorder and chaos and instability in the country. Because okay. it's collective bargaining that has ensured that there's some sense of order in terms mm. of industrial relations. And government, by dishonoring the government um, uh, bargaining, um, the agreement with the state employees, is setting a very dangerous precedent to set it. All right. Let's check how private companies are going to follow this uh, wrongful discourse. So I'm saying we are being led by people who just don't want to listen. And the judiciary continues to overreach and make political decisions on issues where they need to make legal decisions. That's my point for this morning. Let's leave it there for this morning, uh, calling us out from East London. All right, it's just after 10 o'clock. Leander has your latest news.